All right, we're going to be in uh, Romans chapter 7. Those that have your Bibles, if you don't, there are Bibles conveniently located in the backs of the pews. Go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 7. We're going to read the whole chapter and part of chapter 8, just a small part. Uh, so as I was kind of seeking out about this uh, lesson, I couldn't really find any better way to say it other than how Paul says it, how Paul explains it. And uh, so that's just what we're going to do is uh, we're going to kind of read through it and then I'll kind of explain it because if uh, if you're all are like me, it's hard to understand Paul sometimes. So we're going to start in chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband, uh, if her husband be dead, she is free from the law. So that she is no adulteress, though she may be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the, nation, the, the motions of sins, uh, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. When shall, or what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of, uh, I can't even, I never can say that word. Con con yeah. Something like that. Uh, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was, uh, which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me, by that which is good, that sin, by the commandment, might uh, might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I, uh, 
if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then is it, now then is it no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that I am, uh, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that doeth, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. We're going to stop there for a second, and I'm going to try to explain some parts, uh, give a broad explanation of what's going on. Paul's giving a, a description of what the law is to us. He's showing us that the law, the uh, Old Testament law, uh, the Ten Commandments being part of that. There's a lot more to the law than just the Ten Commandments, but uh, all the things that we should and should not do, uh, all the things that the children of Israel should and should not do, uh, that is what he's speaking about when he speaks about the law. And he's explaining how the law exposes sin. Because if a person uh, committing sin doesn't understand that it's sin because they've never been taught the law, they don't know what that death happened. They don't understand that death. But once the law exposes the sin, it causes them to die because hope is lost, right? You've committed sin against God. You're separated forever. There's nothing to be done. There's nothing you can do. So that's, that's what he's explaining here is that the law's purpose and the way the law works was to expose the sin that you're committing, the sin that I'm committing, the, the things that we're doing wrong. And now we're going to move on to chapter 8 and then we'll come back around and, and give a more detailed. Chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit, uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, uh, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth, that dwelleth in you. Uh, so what that's talking about where is that Paul's explaining uh, in, in chapter 7, Paul's explaining the law. And what it is to us. In chapter 8, that little section there that we uh, just read, he's explaining the law of Christ. What Christ brought. The, the new covenant that Christ brought, right? Because he refers to, in chapter 7, uh, as the law as being the letter. The, the, the written law of God. The Ten Commandments and so on. And uh, so now we're going to go through and break down exactly what he's saying. Exactly what... Uh, uh, maybe not exactly. I'm sure there's people that can do it way better than I can, for sure. But we're going to go through and try to clarify some of the uh, the mushed up, confusing things that he talks about. In uh, verse two, he's uh, verse two and down. He's talking about a woman which had a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if he uh, if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. What he's talking about is he's relating the law of God, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament law, the Old Covenant, as to being married, as a woman being married to a husband. And that woman, that uh, as long as her husband is alive, she has to be subject to that man. She cannot, uh, uh, she cannot remarry until that man dies, right? Because if she was to leave her husband and go be married to another man, she would, commit, she would commit adultery. So what he's saying here, and he goes on to talk about, but if the husband dies, then she's free to marry. So what, what uh, Paul's explaining here is that whenever you just being born, being a creature, uh, uh, being a human that God created... You are married to the law. When you, whenever you come to realize that this law is exposing your sin, that marriage happens and you are bound to the law of that sin, uh, the law of sin and death, right? Whenever you commit sin, death comes because the law tells you that when you sin, you die, mm. right? When, uh, in the Old Testament, whenever anybody broke the law, uh, the Ten Commandments, the majority of the time, the consequences was to be killed, was death, right? Because that was the law. You sin, you die. That was the whole purpose. That was, the, that was uh, exactly what the law was showing. Now, if we're married to that law, if we're bound to that law, something has to change to bring us into something new, right? Mm. Yeah. There has to be a new law. But we can't leave that law and just accept a different law unless the old law dies, unless yeah. the husband dies. So he goes on and he, what he talks about and how that happened is in the death of Christ. Yes. We died to the law be, through the death of Christ. So then being born a new creature, we are able to marry, right? Because we're new creatures in Christ. Whenever Christ died, that was the forgiveness of our sins. We died with Him. The old nature, the old law, the old sin died with Christ. Resur Christ was resurrected. That is our new birth, right? Yes. We are resurrected in Christ. We are new creatures. We are born again. That gives us liberty 
in a sense, we are no longer bound to that Old Testament law. We're no longer in that marriage with the law, but we are now married to a new covenant, to yes. a new testament, to a to uh, the the new covenant of grace. So, uh, let's see. It says in verse four, wherefore, wherefore, my brother and ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. It says that we should be married to him who is raised from the dead. We, uh, Christ is the new covenant. We must be married to the new covenant. We must be bound to that new covenant and Christ is that new covenant. That's yes. basically what he said. So that we should bring forth fruit unto God. There's, uh, you may or may not be familiar with it. But in, uh, in the Gospels, I believe it's in a couple places. Luke, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. But Jesus says that I am the vine and ye are the branches. If you abide in me, you will produce fruit, right? Or that you'll live. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something along the lines. What he's saying is, is that if you are in Christ, you will produce fruit. Because you are connected to the one that produces it. Branches don't produce fruit. Mm. The vine produces the fruit. Mm. The vine is connected to the roots that bring nutrients up. If it wasn't for the vine, the branches could not produce fruit, right? Jesus said we are branches. Uh, to be more exp- like a tree. A tree is just a large vine, in a sense. You, you have a vine and it has branches, right? If it didn't have the vine... If you didn't have the trunk of the tree, the branches could not uh, produce peaches, right? Mm -hmm. So what you end up with is a branch that's useless. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus said is we are the branches. So being connected to him produces the peach, produces the fruit to God. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's nothing that we do as a branch. That's what the vine does because that's what the vine produces. We are simply attached to the vine. Mm. So, uh, so that's the, the whole point is that we must be married to Christ to bring forth fruit unto God. Uh, but now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. So what he's saying here is that we're, we are going from serving God because doing this is wrong and we will die if we do it till we are serving God because, uh, because of the Spirit of God in us leading us. Uh, those that have uh, been here a little longer, uh, we've done a lot of talking about how the Spirit leads you into everything. How the Spirit will cause you to walk with Christ. It's not a matter of you doing good and bad. And in a, in a, uh, a lot of Pentecostal type churches, they will say you've got to do this, this, or this to be holy. Mm. You gotta. I'm gonna pick some of the more radical ones. You gotta have uh, the women should never cut their hair. Men should never wear short sleeves. And uh, you gotta pray, read, and fast like an hour every day. I mean, just just to throw some rules out there. In order to be holy, you have to do that. There's a lot of uh, maybe not all those all at once, but there's a lot of that uh, individually mm. being taught. That is the law of the letter. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. That is serving God in the oldness of the letter. That's in the mm-hmm. oldness of the law. The, the children of Israel, they served God by not touching dead things, right? 
They served God by not stealing from their neighbor. They served God by not, uh, not committing adultery, not lying, not doing all this. That's how they served God. By not doing some things and doing other things. It was all in performance. But what he says is that it's, we will serve him in newness of the spirit. Meaning that the spirit is going to produce, produce in you the service to God. Yeah. It is no longer you performing these things, but because you are connected to Him, He's producing it through you, mm. right? If you don't, uh, for example, uh, people talk about you need to read your Bible, right? And we will, we will tell you, you should read your Bible. You want to know what God says, read your Bible. It's the easiest way to hear from God. You know, uh, God can speak to you without this Bible, but if you want uh, to be fast-tracked, Read the Bible. You'll yes. know what God has to say about things. Yeah. So uh, we will say that reading your Bible is important. Don't get me wrong. But if you are reading your Bible because we told you that you have to, that is serving under the law. That is serving God under the law. Because you are doing this act in order to obtain right standing with us or God. Right? Right? You are doing this to achieve holiness. You are doing your reading because it's a duty. But serving under the Spirit, under the uh, serving God in the newness of the Spirit, what Jesus is talking about, or what Paul's talking about, is that that Spirit puts a desire in you to read. Right? Does that make sense? That it's because it's the vine producing the fruit. You as a branch can't hang a peach on yourself just because you do good things. The vine that you're connected to has to produce that peach. Because anything you put on yourself that is not produced by the vine will die. Right? If I went and hung an apple on a peach tree, the apple would die. Right? Because it doesn't work that way. So if you try to hang good works on yourself... It will die. If you try to hang Bible reading to produce holiness or Bible reading to produce a right standing with God to make you feel like that you are accepted by Christ, that good work will die because it's not produced by Christ. Right? All right. So we're going to try to move on. Run out of time. I hope everybody understands that. Uh, it says, so, what, so sh- uh, what shall we say then is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So the law is not, uh, the law is not sin. The law, the Old Testament law, exposing sin, what sin is to you, is not bad. Because you would not know what sin was had it not been for the law. So what the way that it will work now is before the law would say, don't do this or you'll die. So you're scared to die. So then you perform that because you don't want to die. Right? What it, the way it operates now is that the law says, if you do this, you will die. That God is displeased with that. The Spirit says, uh, the Spirit in you says, now we're not going to do this because we're honoring God. And then the desire to do that. 
Is everybody quiet? Maybe I'm murking up the waters. We'll move on from that. Kind of forget what I said there because I think I'm just confusing it. Uh, anyway, we're going to... for this part two. Yeah, for the sake of time, we're going to move on uh, to... Let's see. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The law is still spiritual, but we as people are carnal. We, uh, we only see things of this world. We only focus on ourselves, what makes us feel good, right? That's why we take care of ourselves so well, because we focus on ourselves so much, which isn't always bad, but can be. And it says in 15, verse 15, For that which I do I allow not, for what I would that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. For if, uh, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that, that do it, uh, but sin that dwelleth in me. Paul is very confusingly saying that the things that I want to do, I don't. And the things that I don't want to do is what I do. Paul is, Paul is uh, talking about now under that new covenant, under, underneath the uh, law of grace. He's saying that there are things that I don't want to do. Sin, right? There's things that I don't want to do. I don't want to sin against God. But for some reason, I do those things. Has anybody ever experienced that? You have something and you're like, I don't want to do this like I I don't want to be a liar I'm not going to lie but then eventually you find yourself telling a lie or something maybe it's not that maybe it's something else but the point is is that Paul's saying there's things that I don't want to do and yet for some reason I still do them and then he's saying that there are things that I do want to do there are things that I do want to do I do want to pray I do want to read my Bible I do want to fast I do want to seek after God I do want to do all these things that help uh, me draw and understand God more clearly. But for some reason, I don't do those things. Right? For some reason, it's hard to read the Bible. For some reason, it's hard to pray. For some reason, it's hard to fast. For some reason, it's hard to do all these things that you know will strengthen your relationship with Christ. So that is what Paul is saying. He's explaining that there is that division there, that there are things that I want to do, but because he's a carnal man, he has a fleshly body. Because of that, he is drawn to do things that his mind is saying not to do. Uh, and he says that it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. Uh, let's, uh, let's see, there's a verse that clarifies it really good. Uh says uh, in verse 23 but i see another law in my uh, another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members o wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from the body of this death i thank god through jesus christ our lord so then with the mind i myself serve the law of god but with the flesh the law of sin what what paul is saying here is that uh, but I see another law in my members. That is the new law. 
That is the, the law of grace, right? The law of mercy, the law of, that Christ brought, the new covenant. Uh, it says that they are warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And he's saying that that law of sin and death is still present, right? The law of sin and death is still there. Uh, because it wasn't done away with, but it was fulfilled with the new covenant. All right, so what he's saying is that there's a battle there, that they're, they're warring against themselves. He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me uh, from the body of this death? This flesh, this carnal man wants to produce sin. That's why it's so easy to lust. That's why it's so easy to be greedy. It's so easy to tell lies. It's so easy to be mean and hateful. And it's, it's, it's easy to be that kind of a person. That's what he's saying. But the Spirit of God in his mind is changing the way he sees things, right? Because the Old Testament law said that don't do this or you'll die. So you're scared that you're going to die. So I perform those things. But the new covenant, the new covenant of grace, the new covenant of the Spirit of God comes and says, you can, uh, changes your mind because you were born of the Spirit and now is saying, I don't want to do those things. Right? The law said, don't steal. So you said, well, I want to steal that, but I'm not because I don't want to die. The Spirit says, you don't want to steal. Okay, I don't want to steal. You no longer have that desire. Does that clarify some of it? Understand a little bit? It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul is saying that in his mind has been renewed. His mind was renewed into a new law. His mind was renewed into a new ability to serve God. So what he's saying here uh, to fully understand what's happening. In salvation, once you accept Christ and you are born of the Spirit of God, you, are, uh, you have given your life to Christ, died with Him. Uh, the old man died and was resurrected in new life. What happened there was a change in mindset. You no longer commit sin because it's not something you want to do. Yes. Because used to you didn't commit sin because you were afraid of the consequences. Right? Uh, there's a lot of thieves in this, probably in this area, a lot of thieves that would love to rob the bank down there, but they don't want to go to prison for that long, right? There's nobody in here that wants to rob that bank, right? Nobody here wants to rob. Why? Because the desire to rob the bank is gone. You don't rob the, you don't keep your, you are not robbing that bank because you're scared of the consequences. You don't rob that bank because you are not a thief, right? You don't tell if, if you are born in Christ, born of the Spirit, you do not tell lies because you're not a liar. Not because you're, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Law said don't lie because consequence is death. So under the Old Covenant... You didn't lie because you didn't want to die. The new covenant renews that mind. So in our mind, we say, I don't want to lie. 
but once in a while our flesh may take over and perform the desire. That is that warring of the Old Testament. That is the warring of that, that new creature and that old death. Because Paul says, Who shall deliver, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from, this bo- from the body of this death? We have a tendency to fall back to death, right? We have a tendency to want to do bad things. We have a tendency to sin against God. That will never go away. But as the Spirit leads us, as we remain connected to that vine, as we remain connected to Christ, He will produce the fruit. The fruit of obeying God. The fruit... uh, We could run through the fruits of the Spirit. Obviously not today. But anyway, so that's... Uh, there will be a second part. Uh, we're going to get into chapter 8 next time. So uh, come back next Sunday. Uh, anyway, I hope everybody understands that the old covenant brought death. The new covenant brings life because the Spirit of God is producing that life in us. Right? We don't really have time to pray, so uh, we're going to have to move on and go into church. So if you want to pray, you can uh, pray in service. Nobody's going to stop you from there. I'll stop what I'm doing and go pray with you.